Hey everyone, before we get started with the show today, we have a quick favor to ask you. Missouri Business Alert is a nonprofit that is made possible thanks to generous donors like you. So, if you would like to support us this holiday season, please head to missouribusinessalert.com/donate to help our efforts in supporting student journalism. Again, that is missouribusinessalert.com/donate. Thank you. Now, let's speak startup. Hello and welcome back to Speaking Startup, Missouri Business Alert's podcast covering the news and issues important to Missouri entrepreneurs. I'm Seth Bodine. And I'm Isabel Robles. This week on the show, we will start with the latest Missouri startup headlines. Then you'll hear from Linda Landon and Hope Snyder of the Our Ladies Midmo, a data science community in Columbia. After that, I'll share my interview with Nikki Davis. She's the executive director of the district in downtown Columbia, and we talked about small businesses in the holiday season. And as always, you'll hear our digits, latest numbers in entrepreneurship news. I think I have the most important question I've ever asked. Oh, wow. That's a lot of pressure, but go ahead. I'm ready. What kind of pie for Thanksgiving? Pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Solid choice. Do you like a spicier pumpkin or a sweeter pumpkin? Um, a good mix. Mm-hmm. I like. I don't like too sweet, but I don't like too spicy either. Huh. Kind of like a good chai. Like not too too spicy, not too sweet. There you go. What about you? I always get a half sliver of pumpkin and a half sliver of pecan. Okay, here's a controversial opinion. I don't like pecan pie. Is it the consistency? Because I kind of understand that. It's yeah. like jelly-like, jello-y-like. But that's also why I get a little bit of both. Because I like the c- caramely pecan taste. But the creamier pumpkin filling, I like to alternate bites. It's great. So should we get to the news? Yeah, we probably should. Michael Ray, the CEO of RX Saving Solutions, is this year's Kansas City Entrepreneur of the Year. The award was given by the Rainier Institute at UMKC. Ray, a former pharmacist, developed RX Saving Solutions, an app that identifies savings on prescriptions for consumers. RX Saving Solution was founded in 2008 and is based in Overland Park. Kansas City area startup is the first recipient of investment from the Fountain Innovation Fund. Lulix Prime is an artificial intelligence developer. Fountain Innovation Fund is a $5 million investment pool announced in June 2018. It plans to invest more than $50,000 in up to 10 early-stage companies per year. A St. Louis ag tech startup just received financing from a New York-based investment firm. The startup, Intent, was launched in 2016 by a previous Monsanto executive. The company works with agricultural companies to test innovations and do field research. Osprey Ag Science in New York is the company's first capital partner. Kansas City will now have a bunker lab. National nonprofit provides training and resources for veteran entrepreneurs and their spouses to help them launch a business. Last year, the Kauffman Foundation extended Bunker Labs a grant. Bunker Labs is based in Chicago, and the Kansas City location will be one of 30 across the country. Three South Korean startup executives are scheduled to visit St. Louis to explore expansion in the United States. 
The St. Louis Business Journal reports the effort is part of a pilot program led by a local investment group in the South Korean government. The three startups include two blockchain startups and a manufacturing technology firm. Startups have a chance to pitch themselves to the U.S. market and interact with local investors. Recently, Missouri Business Alert reporter Fion Chen sat down with Linda Landon and Hope Snyder. Landon and Snyder just started a data science community in Columbia called Our Ladies Midmo. It's the local version of a worldwide organization that aims to promote gender diversity in the R community. R is an advanced programming language for statistics. The community suffers from underrepresentation of women in other groups, according to the organization's founders. Fionn and the two founders talked about how the community can support women and other underrepresented groups in the data science field. They also touched on education within the community. Here's her interview. First of all, Linda Landron and Hope Snyder, thank you both uh, for taking this. Thank you for inviting us, yeah. Thank you for letting us get the word about our new group out. We appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Sure. So um, can you tell me about this group that you just created? What is it and what is uh, the mission? The mission of the group is to provide a community in tech, uh, STEM, and data scientists primarily for women, but also for other people who identify as an underrepresented group in any area of tech. Hope and I are both data scientists. Um, We hatched this plan um, in the idea to get the very, very few women data scientists in mid-Missouri together. Then we realized there were so few women data scientists in mid-Missouri that we wanted to bring in women involved in other areas of tech, app development, web design, um, IT, STEM, statistics uh, together. And so we have reached out to other women um, to add them to our group. Yes. Uh, we just wanted to expand it to try to make it as inclusive as possible to, like Linda said, make a community for e- everybody. Um, and then also we can learn off of each other. Like people might have skills that we as data scientists don't know yet. So we would want to open that channel of like communication and just kind of make this whole big group. Why do you want to uh, create a group like this now and in Columbia? Well, I feel Columbia is a good location because it feels, for me who grew up out of state, it feels like it is dead center in the middle of Missouri. So I feel like we can reach all of the people who would have a much longer to commute to like Kansas City or St. Louis. Um, We're just like a central location to meet at, I Mm -hmm. feel. Um, Plus the tech community in mid-Missouri is flourishing. Um, Ready and the Small Business Development Technology Center are actively supporting uh, startup tech businesses. Um, and, and so, and there are companies. Um, Equipment Share is supporting data scientists, Carfax, Veterans United. There's this a small, nascent group of tech related businesses here in mid Missouri. And the 
it, it's important at this early stage to let women in mid-Missouri know that there is a community for them who to welcome them into this tech business because tech tends to be primarily male. Um, so it can be somewhat intimidating for women to enter the tech world. Um, so we thought if we could get that the, the, the basis of that community started, that hopefully in time it will just it will get its keep itself going. Um, so one of the things that the, we're going to do with the group, um, not just in data science but other areas of tech, is um, reach out to uh, organizations that provide STEM education to young girls um, to just at the very least give them that professional role model. Yes. When I was growing up in Northwest Iowa and wanted to be a cancer researcher, uh, people looked at me like I was nuts because, you know, I was a girl. That's That wasn't something girls did back when the dinosaurs roamed and I was growing up. <laughs> oh, no. Not that old. <laughs> Not that old. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and so it, was, it would have been so helpful to me to have a role model. The, who was a woman and who was successful. I was very lucky. My very first boss out of college was a woman. She was the first woman to obtain her PhD in pharmacology from Columbia University during World War II. Um, so that was, I, I was very lucky to have that role model. Um, but here, you know, unless we get out into the schools and show young girls that yes, women can be data scientists they will not have that role model. Thanks to Fion. So Isabel, it seems holiday shopping season is upon us. Yeah, it definitely is. It's the make or break time of the year for retailers big and small, and they're all competing for customers' attention and dollars. That's actually what I talked about with our recent interviewee. Oh yeah? Who'd you talk to? I talked to Nikki Davis. She's the executive director of the district, which is downtown Columbia's community improvement district. She works with small businesses and retailers in the area to run events that promote shopping small, including the upcoming Small Business Saturday on November 30th. It seems like Small Business Saturdays are popping up everywhere, not just Columbia, right? Oh, for sure. The event started in 2010 and has been growing since. It falls between Black Friday and Cyber Monday and is a way that small businesses and brick-and-mortar retailers can capitalize on the surge of shopping during the holiday season. Small Biz Trends reported that consumers are expected to spend $10 billion at Small Business Saturday nationwide. Oh, wow. That's a lot to capitalize on. Exactly. Big Commerce also reported that 80% of people who know about Small Business Saturday plan to shop at small retailers that day. Well, I'm excited to hear more. All right. So, Nikki, what do you think is the significance of Small Business Saturdays? I understand that the district doesn't necessarily put it on, but what is the significance of Small Business Saturdays for businesses here or in towns like Columbia? I think it was uh, just a kind of an attempt to take back um some of the business from big box stores, from um, you know cyber sales, and this is a way that people can celebrate their small local businesses um, and keep that money in their community. 
Um, you also find, you know, one of a, one of a kind gifts better that way. Um, but it's, it's a huge part of our holiday season. It, it is a dramatic difference, um, whereas uh, Black Friday is typically um, in the big box stores because they start at midnight or whatever. Uh, and, and lots of our businesses do have Black Friday sales as well. But Small Business Saturday really just celebrates our um, unique small businesses down here. How have you seen businesses in downtown Columbia leveraging Small Business Saturday, and how are consumers responding to it, do you think? Um, You will find everything from, uh, you know, just the normal sales on the entire store, sales on things that are specific, to really fun things where you go in and you draw um, for your discount, and you can see what your discount is. They have uh, drinks and refreshments. Um, It is a big you know, uh, event down here. So it feels very holiday. We have balloons up, um, for the most time, for for the most part. Um, and the customers respond to it very well. The customers get there at eight in the morning or whenever the stores open and they are there to shop local. They are there to support their businesses because they want to keep these amazing businesses open. And they also want to make sure that their dollars are staying in our community. What businesses here in Columbia do you think really get it when it comes to leveraging Small Business Saturdays? Are there any businesses that stick out about doing creative or interesting things to help bring consumers in? I would say majority of our businesses get it. Uh, we do work with them to broaden their horizons. It doesn't have to just be a, a store discount. There's really no place down here that doesn't take advantage of this, this great holiday. Obviously, as you kind of mentioned, there's an increase of holiday shopping, especially online, Cyber Monday, and just different deals. Um, How do you find small businesses counteracting that? Are they employing any new strategies to deal with that, or do you think that they have some advantages in the fact that they are small businesses? Can you just talk more on that? Yeah, I think it's both. So the businesses have, I mean, the internet has made the businesses grow and stretch and figure out how to bring those customers back downtown. Um, They do that by, one, having specialty events. It's a destination location, Um, amazing customer service. They're basically all your best friends. Um, But then they also do a lot of things like they all have their own websites where you can shop on their website and get it delivered to your house just as easily as going onto Amazon and then it's one of a kind. So our businesses have definitely stepped up their game to keep up with the online pace but at the same time um, it's it's an ambiance thing. People want to be down here and they want to be part of something uh, so I think that gives them an upper hand as well. So then more broadly, what does the holiday shopping season mean to businesses, especially small businesses, do you think? Absolutely. Sometimes it can be a make or break season. Um, Everyone expects to have amazing sales during the holidays. um, And all of our businesses ramp up for that and and, um, expect it. And it's also just a fun time downtown. Um, We have all of our holiday lights up, the magic tree is on, Um, people are in the coffee shops drinking their warm coffee, and and all of the window displays are are just over the top (laughs) for the most part. Um, So it's just a fun time to be downtown and shopping with our businesses. My last question would be, having been a brick and mortar owner yourself, um, would you comment on kind of your perception of being what shopping small means or just the holiday season means for small businesses? You know, I think when you're a small business owner, you 
don't even realize how much of a part of the community you have become. Um, when you are trying to pay your bills or your employees, that money is staying in the city, staying downtown with our community. Um, those employees then go buy a coffee next door and leave a tip in the coffee jar. And then those employees use that tip to go buy a sandwich somewhere. So it is very important that we um, continue to support our businesses. Otherwise, uh, everything will go to Walmart and that will go outside of Columbia and if not outside of Missouri. Um, so we have a very tight-knit group of amazing small business owners downtown that try desperately to take care of each other and to stress the point that um, when you spend money down here, it stays down here and that stays in our community uh, that helps everybody. So uh, I think it's, it's just a wonderful time of year and um, everyone just sticks together and, and does as much as they can to bring people down here. Okay, great. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you. And now it's time to share our digits, the numbers that matter to you in entrepreneurial news. What are your digits this week, Seth? My digit is 48. This is the amount of hours inventors have to create a new product in the reality show Make 48. The show announced it will be recording its fourth season in March in Kansas City. Teams apply to be on the show, and they are given 48 hours to compete against one another in creating a new product. Make 48 will host live events in the coming year and will share its program details with colleges to allow them to recreate similar competitions. Isabel, what is your digit? I actually have a couple of numbers. Six and ten. Those are the rankings for St. Louis and Kansas City on a new list of the best untapped cities for startups. The ranking was compiled by financial site Fundera. The report highlighted St. Louis communities and technology, life sciences, and agriculture, and the prevalence of commercial and nonprofit organizations in the city that provide funding for startups. Kansas City actually tied for 10th with Scottsdale, Arizona. The city earned high marks for venture capital activity and got a boost for being the first market to get Google Fiber. And to finish out the podcast, we will share with you some advice with this week's closing thought. That's where we ask entrepreneurs about the best piece of advice they've received and how they've applied it to their work. Here is Nikki Davis again. I guess it's a very basic, nothing super um, intellectual, but uh, it's super important for small businesses, especially when you're starting out to hold your hours. If you're gonna say you're gonna be there on those days, those times, you need to do that. If that's what's posted on your door, you need to be there those hours um, or you slowly lose trust in your continual customer base. So um, I know it seems like it's a simple, small thing, but I've seen it happen a lot where that is um, not happening and the business continues to kind of go downhill. And that's all for this week. This has been Speaking Startup from Missouri Business Alert. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by Isabel Robles and me, Seth Bodine. Our theme music was produced by Elliot Bowman and Poddington Bear. We're taking a break next week. But we'll speak to you soon. Bye. of both worlds. Exactly. Except
not the boat. Not. I don't know what I was trying to say. <laughs> 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 woo, woo. I don't know why I did that either. 